partnership, famous partnerships through, uh, through, through history and even up to recent times. Well, here's three famous partnerships. First one on the slide is a Steve Jobs. Now, there's a, a young-looking Steve Jobs and uh, a guy called Steve Wozniak. And these two, these two men formed, forged a partnership where Wozniak had technology know-how. He designed and he built the first Apple computer. And Jobs had the marketing skills. And the, the, this partnership, uh, were, uh, and they uh, were destined to become giants of the digital world. The digital world that we know and utilise now is just a part of life. But it was these two men who actually were pioneers in that through their partnership. Because of them, over half of us here probably have an iPhone in our pockets. There's mine. You've probably got one. Or if you haven't got an iPhone, you've got something not too far off the mark. Uh, so uh, uh, there's a significant partnership, first one. Second one, two gentlemen going back even a bit further in history. Incredible hats, aren't they? <laughs> That's a Wilbur and Orville Wright. On December the 17th, 1903, in North Carolina, USA, these aviation pioneering brothers made the first sustained flight of a heavier-than-air machine. They also created a three-axis control system for steering, and it was so good that it's still the method that's used on fixed-wing aircraft to this day. And your holidays might look very different and be a lot closer to home without the Wright brothers. Without your iPhone, life would be very different. Without the Wright brothers, life would be very different too. How about a more recent one? Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenfield. Now, if, if, uh, if, you've, ever, um, if you've ever tasted uh, some special ice cream, you've probably come across Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Anybody a fan of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Oh, yeah, there's some, <laughs> some hands going up. Well, ice cream might not seem quite as important as, uh, as the partnerships of, of the Wright brothers and Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, but uh, th these, two, uh, these two did the world a favour, I think, as well, uh, because they set the bar pretty high for unique and interesting ice cream varieties and flavours that uh, just wow. So there's the caramel brownie one. There's the brownie cookie dough one. And uh, there's, there's all kinds of other ones. And, of course, there's a, there's, there's a bit of weight gain that comes out of each time you, <laughs> you sample one of them. But why mention these? Well, over the past three weeks, we've explored what it means to be alongside us. People of prayer, people of peace and people of love. And today, we're focusing on what it means to be people who partner. And we're looking at three passages from the New Testament that shed light on partnership. As alongside us, we are sent by God to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus and to demonstrate God's love wherever life takes us. So what does our partnership with others, what part does our partnership play in that? Well, our partnership with others empowers us to do this. And uh, so the, the first uh, thing we want to highlight this morning is that we are people who partner in the gospel. And... Um, uh, this is one of the illustrations I had to adapt a bit. Uh, I, I wonder what kind of books or movies you like to read or watch. Uh, Kat, uh, Pastor Cat uh, has a different taste to me in that. 
quite a different taste. Uh, she likes to pick up a really good romance novel. I've never picked up a romance novel in my life. <laughs> my, my wife is a different category. She loves her romance novel. Um, uh, I, I like a good murder mystery or a good spy, spy thriller or a good adventure book. Um, but uh, that's, that's okay. Everybody's different. I wonder what type of, of books or movie you like to read. But the point of this illustration is because, uh, as, as Pastor Cat was thinking about this, uh, this first passage, Bible passage, that uh, Stephen read to us, it, it struck her as a bit, of a bit of a love letter. Let's read it again together from Philippians. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So that there's, a, there's a real sense of, uh, of, of, of affection in Paul. And uh, you saw the affection in me earlier uh, for, you know, for people that are significant in this church family life. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um, and Paul goes on to say, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. So imagine being on the receiving end of that letter. Imagine how Paul must have felt towards the church in Philippi. Paul was under house arrest. He was suffering under house arrest because of, of his, uh, his work in, uh, in the gospel. And so what was it that was creating this level of affection between Paul and the Philippians? It is because, as it says in verse 5, they are partners in the gospel. They've, all, they've received the transformation of a relationship with Jesus and, and out of that they've, they've forged relationships with one another that are significant. They've partnered together in, in, in faith and in life and to see that transformation spread in the world. We even know what this partnership looked like in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verses 1 to 4. We're told how sacrificially the Philippians give of their money to Paul. We know that they pray regularly for him. We know that they support him in friendship to do the work of the gospel that he is called to, even when Paul was suffering for it. And then, as uh, Paul describes their partnership in verse 5 with the Greek word koinonia. Now, you might have heard of this word, you might not have, but it's a very significant word. And this word has this deep sense of connectedness, of fellowship, of community, of, uh, of communion, of joint partnership. This isn't just a, a, a business partnership. This isn't just a transactional thing. This isn't just a, a, a partnership uh, the, that is uh, not all that significant or something on paper. But it's a deep knowing and being known because in, in Christ. They share the importance of what it means to be a part of a church family and then to be in partnership with others beyond that. Paul's prayers and relationship with them bring joy to him and they ease his suffering while he's in chains. The main point that, uh, that, that Pastor Catton, me too, would like you to take from this passage is that as alongside us, we are called to be people who partner in the gospel. Philippians 1, 3-8 reminds us of the power of that partnership. God's transforming work in and through us is entirely an act of God's grace. 
Partnership in the gospel is part of our faith formation. It grows and it shapes us as followers of Jesus. When we partner together in the gospel, we are changed and the world can witness our unity and our love and our transformation. Partnering with others involves serving together. Involved praying for each other. We thank God, Paul says, when we remember each other and pray with joy because of our partnership in the gospel. In the good and difficult times of life, in the good and difficult times of, uh, of, of seeking to be a follower of Jesus and seeking to be a witness to that, we share together in God's grace. And Paul call, and we are filled with love for each other, as Paul calls it, the affection of Jesus Christ. So let's turn now to the next Bible passage to see what, uh, what John has to say about partnership. That uh, secondly, we are, we are people who partner in love. Uh, John, uh, John 13 uh, is, is there before you. A new commandment I give you. Uh, a new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, what's the context for Jesus, uh, for, for, uh, Jesus saying these words, in, these words in John. Jesus is saying goodbye to his disciples. He's explaining to them what will happen next. Uh, he's leaving them with his final teaching before his death and his resurrection. And we have to remember that Jesus isn't just leaving this uh, nice sounding command while everything is going well. <laughs> Quite the opposite. He's just had his final. He's, just, he's having his final meal with his disciples, his closest disciples. He's predicted that Jesus, Judas was, will betray him, and Peter will deny him. And it's in this setting, amidst the grief on his deathbed, that Jesus says these words: "A new command I give you: Love one another, as I loved, as I have loved you. You must love one another." And so the context or the placement of, of these words show us how much Jesus wants us to understand that God desires our partnerships to be characterised first and foremost by love, our connection with each other, but also our relationship with our outreach partners must above all else be shaped by love. Just as Jesus loves us, we're called to love one another. Now, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Love one another. But it's not always an easy thing to do. But it's an important thing to do. Love is costly. We looked at a bit of this last week. Love is hard. When we serve together uh, and, and in church family or in, in partnerships, we, we may not always agree on things. There, there will be things that we'll have different perspectives on or, or, or have, um, have things, different views on to, to one another, to, to the person uh, sitting next to you at a church or someone that you're talking to over morning tea or even, even with um, aspects of our outreach partners or missionaries. We might un- not understand or agree with every element of, of somebody else in the church family or our outreach partner, every element of what they do or why they, why they do it. Uh, the reality is, that's, that's part of the messiness of life. The, the, it was there in Paul's context. It was there in biblical times. Uh, it was there when, when Jesus was on earth. There will be differences. There will be different perspectives, dif- different, uh, different um, ways of seeing things. But Jesus calls us to be marked by love amongst that. And love looks like what in that? Love looks like choosing unity in difference. Love looks like choosing forgiveness, patience, empathy, seeking to listen, to understand. Not avoiding conflict or or difference, but actually conducting ourselves in and with love amongst it. 
That partnership is a choice to love. Jesus tells us that the love we choose, the love we share, is a powerful witness to the world around us. Everyone will know that we are Jesus' disciples, he says, when we love one another. That's not an airy-fairy, invisible unity, but the kind of caring and loving in, in the wider community that can be seen and experienced. And, uh, and, and we, uh, individually and as a community of God's people, are to model the love that we've seen and experienced in Christ. It's not, it's not a um, strategic plan love. <laughs> it's not a, a, a propaganda in, in any way. It's about being authentic. It's about real, caring communities who wish to see others' lives transformed by Jesus' love. So we've looked at partnership involving partnering in the gospel, partnering in love. And then uh, finally today, we are people who partner in the Great Commission. And that's the third reading that uh, Stephen uh, read. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. We know these words well. But he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, what are these verses? Even though you might be familiar with them, they're an encouragement, but they're also a command. We are encouraged by Jesus' presence. He encourages us to, by, by, by reminding us that he's always with us to the very end of the age. But we are commanded to join together in the Great Commission, sharing the good news in word and deed. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus has all authority. It's, it reminds us of that. All authority in heaven on earth. He gives us the gospel of salvation, and he commands us to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptise them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Now, Jesus gives this great commission to who? To a community, not to individuals, but to a community, a community of disciples who are seeking to follow in Jesus' footsteps together. So we've heard updates from our outreach partners And uh, it's a reminder afresh of why partnership and community across this month, uh, across the last month, we've heard from each of them with the last ones, as we said, Danny and Beth next week. But it's a reminder of why partnership and community is so important. We've set some big goals. We we have, and and unashamedly so, in in terms of uh, our our giving. We've set some, uh, some... We've, under God, had a real sense that these are strategic partnerships. These are significant callings to see the transformation of the gospel to many places that we would never go to or that we might not personally be involved in. We're just a suburban bayside church in Melbourne, but we have collectively this sense of calling to serve communities, to partner with communities that we would have very little impact on alone. We feel this connection to serve the people of Bangladesh, to see the gospel transformation come to those who live in some of the world's worst poverty. I, I, I can tell you that firsthand. I've been to Bangladesh. <laughs> I've, uh, it, it, it's one of the most uh, chaotic places in the world. I came back from Bangladesh and uh, I, I was the sickest I've ever been in my life. Uh, <laughs> and uh, didn't see the sun in three weeks there. And the air pollution and the smog is, is just extraordinary. The people there live in incredible poverty, some of the world's worst poverty. So it's through our partnership 
with the Baptist Church associated with the Widows Project that we feed thousands a year. It's through our partnership with the Rural Farming Program of Anthony and Jacqueline there and, and in the Pacific that, uh, that, that, that seeks to break the cycle of poverty for people there. Through our, through our partnership with Baptist World Aid, our ch- child sponsorship, loan programs and education programs, all, all centred around uh, being people who partner in Bangladesh. Bangladesh is not, um, is, is not what I would call uh, a high-profile place. <laughs> it's a place that not many people want to go to. It's a place that not many people uh, say, oh, we want to be partnering there. We're seeking to partner their friends. Likewise, we are a church with a long history, as I mentioned earlier, of loving and partnering with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. But we know that in the part of Melbourne that we live in, we live so far. And, and I was reminded of that certainly on my travels, so far from many Indigenous communities. And uh, so we're, we're a step removed and so we partner. We partner with Danny and Beth and the Outback team who are on the ground in those communities, who are with elders in the church, leaders in those communities, as you'll hear more of next week. And we partner with Nates because none of us here are going to be the best placed to empower and train the next generation of Indigenous church leaders or pastors in, in a way that is culturally relevant for them. But we care deeply about that. So we partner in the gospel with, uh, with, with indigenous brothers and sisters through, um, uh, through, through both Nates and our Baptist mission to see transformation come. More locally, we look around at our local Bayside community, our area, our region that we love. And we see areas, though, of deep hurt, brokenness and suffering in different kinds of ways. We want to see transformation there too, but we know that just on it with it alone, with our resources, we are limited. So we partner. We partner with Basis, which has connections and, and contacts across our community. Even though they're, they're not followers of Jesus like we are, we, we partner with them to, uh, in, in God's kingdom work. And we hope that by supporting them with volunteers and uh, moving forward uh, out, out of the Wilson House redevelopment, a, 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 a partnership there, drop-in centre, that they will see the love that we talked about earlier, planting seeds of the gospel. We do the same through sports chaplaincy. We have, uh, I think it's five, five sports chaplains uh, now in, uh, in this church community, and um, I was reminded of the significance of that. We, I wasn't at it, but we had a... Um, uh, a sports chaplaincy training day that we hosted here uh, recently. And uh, uh, someone told me that, uh, that we have, um, this is not to pat ourselves on the back, but just to in- in- help you to understand how significant these partnerships are, that, uh, the, that we have one of the highest number, we are the churches, uh, we are one, one of the high, the church with the highest number of chaplains, sports chaplains, uh, a- a- across Victoria and Australia. I couldn't believe it. So we've got a significant role in these places. These are where people are in our community, the hubs where people gather. They don't gather here to the same degree. We will never connect with a lot of those people other than through 
being connected through sports chaplains. And, and of course, then there's Noble Park, Karen, and our partnership with them. A very, uh, and you know some of the journey there, some of their, their deep, deep uh, suffering that they've experienced, the challenges that they face, and we partner with them to, uh, to bless them and to, uh, to, to, to see them grow and develop into all that God has for them in the Great Commission too. In summary, as alongside us, we are called to be people who partner. Partner with God. Partner with God. There's no greater thing to do in life than to partner with God in God's mission. It's a privilege, a wonderful privilege, but it's a great responsibility that we all share as followers of Jesus. It's not just for a select few. It's for all of us. We are all called to partner in the gospel, partner in love and partner in the Great Commission. So let me ask you now, as we come to God in prayer, to just be reflecting on one way this week that you can be a person who partners. Let's pray. God, as we think about this, what is, what is that one way that you are calling each of us this week to partner, to be a person who partners, whether it's in prayer or in giving or in love. Grant us the grace to partner with each other in discipleship and mission, to work with others to declare and live out the gospel, to resist being moulded by the world, to, as, we, uh, as, as, as the words of our um, theme a song through October Outreach say to, to not be silent or to refuse complacency, to see the world differently than the world sees itself. And in a sense, to be, uh, uh, to, to be in a kingdom sense, unique and different. To not conform to the patterns of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Help us to uh, not be, uh, help us to be dissatisfied by sin and conformity to the world, but to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Give us the strength and the courage to resist competitiveness or comparison or division, but to be people of unity, of love, peace and partnership, to be equipped to bring to the world the good news of Jesus, to challenge the way things are by living a life that has been truly set free by Jesus, as we sang earlier too. Give us the grace to work closely with others in this, to partner as together we seek to be transformed, unified uh, in our love and partnership in the gospel through Jesus Christ our Lord, to be alongside us in this we pray, in and through the name of Jesus. Amen.